0: This is Comic Picks by The Glick.
1: Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey,
0: Jason Glick. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, John. And yourself?
0: Oh, not too bad. What are you going to talk about tonight?
1: Well, tonight's like something I've been waiting to do for a while. Basically, as soon as um, like the film version of this series was announced, as coming out for this year, I knew that I was going to have to do a podcast on it. And this would be, be the um, live-action adaptation of Ghost in the Shell. Now, it's like I haven't been... Really anticipating the movie because I wanted to see the movie, but mainly because it would give me a chance to talk about um the series as a whole. So, um, because well, actually, you, John, you and I, we went like at the time we were recording this right now, we went out and saw the movie earlier today. And well, I guess I'll get things started by saying I mean we already discussed our thoughts earlier, but I let me reiterate the fact that you know I was I left this one with like, pretty mixed um emotions about it because. It's not. A, this isn't something I could hate, because it, it it's clearly the work of people who have who've seen the original the original anime film, and um and appreciated it, and also wanted to replicate its um some of its most um memorable scenes and shots, um almost frame for frame in this like in this film. So it's not like the uh, the mess that was delivered with uh, Dragon Ball Evolution, which I haven't seen, but any cursory examination of the of the film or the trailers for it can tell you that, you know, it just did not like get the, uh, like the source material at all. Ghost in, Ghost in the Shell, at least there's at least a surface understand understanding of what, of the coolest parts of, of the anime film, of the original film. And, you know, the, the acting is pretty decent, you know, Scarlett Johansson, she was fine, even though she didn't, didn't quite hit the home run that I was expecting her to. I like the guy they got for, um, for Bateau. It's like in, in him, he had a nice, Nice, um, like um, sense of humor, and uh, but I did, but um, I was also most looking forward to seeing Takeshi Kitano as Aramaki because well, he's a um, great um, like, idiosyncratic talent in in Japan. Guy who can do, do like straight, la- straight faced um, yakuza films, but then be a complete goofball in his TV appearances, and um, he gets not only is he allowed he he speak Japanese throughout his the entire film, he also gets a couple of scenes to show off um, what a badass like what a badass he can be as well like even though i think he's like pushing um 70 or maybe not 70 maybe 60 at this point so so but also the film is deeply formulaic as far as um action movie standards go it is kind of um it does borrow a lot from the born identity in the sense that the, ma- the main character of the major is is an amnesiac who um can't remember her past and the film is kind of a uh, her journey of self-discovery um, as she learns, like, know the truth about her her origins and why why she was um tra- transferred into this um br- brand new kickass cyborg body. Problem is that when with Ghost Ghost in the Shell, it's like I want to see um exploration of of future crime, and I want philosophy as well because that's what I've um, what what the um what it's um various iterations through manga, through film, through TV up to this point have basically uh, led me to expect from it. And they've been really good explorations of these things. It's like up until now, which, you know, like we're just kind of drawing from this Hollywood playbook. So, you know, it's like it gets, so the film should be applauded for, for how, how good it looks and how it can, like how for repeating the surface, surface traction of like of the original film. But as far as telling a, uh, you know a memorable story within like using these these things it really does not um john um i know you had your own thoughts about this
0: yeah um i tend to agree and you know what's funny and uh uh i i <laughs> i remember seeing um ghost in the shell 2 innocence with you and uh, several of our other friends and i remember kind of walking out of the theater with that one going you know this is just so philosophy heavy and just it was like <laughs> it's like it's like eating a you know just just being over full of that uh, that's not how this was um no <laughs> fortunately oh god and, no and and the thing about and and this is the argument i'll make about it is that um steampunk movies you know if you go to blade runner you go to the you know you go to the original ghost the shell so, i'm sorry cyberpunk what did i say you
1: yeah. said steampunk
0: steampunk sorry that's should be cyberpunk movies like this have always uh you know hearken back to the you know the philip k dick um original uh, uh story do androids dream of electric sheep it's this whole concept of of you know um you know what makes a human a human right um and um and However, it, it really wasn't here in this film, and I was almost hoping that, you know, it's funny. And and the other thing, I, the other thing I was saying is like the Matrix actually got the the first Matrix movie got this concept better than we saw it in this film, and yeah. that is almost sad because the Matrix is an homage to the Ghost in the Shell film and several other things in the cyberpunk realm.
1: Yeah, and I also cited another, um, like, actually another movie from the 80s um, as being kind of also um, offering the same plot that we got here.
0: Yes, unfortunately, the parallels more match RoboCop. And I'm not saying RoboCop's a bad movie. As a matter of fact, I kind of think of it as a great... (laughs) No, RoboCop's a lot more entertaining. A lot more entertaining, but it's like that this film really just it it felt like cues were taken from that and thrown into this rather than from its actual uh you know um spiritual it's 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 namesake let's say it that way um and that's and that's unfortunate because it shouldn't be that way (laughs) it should be you know there's always this aspect of it and uh of 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 this type of movie which which really delved into it really dug into it and yes i like these i like the uh the you know the the detective crime you know uh, uh uh aspect of of the you know of the original film it you know that to me is is it you know that that adds to it. Um, this time it was like that it was like someone made a nice pretty homage and then there was a point in the film where I just it I dropped off of a cliff. I, I kid you not. <laughs> I and I was struggling very hard to stay with it and I and I think I successfully did. But I was just like, oh, please, please let this be in something. You know, let me see what I'm seeing right now be a part of some virtual reality. Something, you know, <laughs> something like that. I didn't get that, unfortunately. So, yeah, um, I, I would say that, you know, visually wise, I'm going to agree with you on the, the casting of Beto and, the, and, you know, and Scarlett Johansson as uh, Kusanagi. Although she's not Kusanagi
1: yeah um it's i think i think it's worth it's worth noting about we had to address the like the whitewashing controversy which per, going into the film i you know okay if you want to be angry about the fact that that a japanese actress was not cast in this role be angry yeah because you know it's like it like, like i said like that's i mean that, that that was something that you know a lot of people wanted but that was not done here and you know nothing i can say is going to is i can really like address that all i'll all I will add is that I had no problem with it because, you know, the fact that I think that you know, it's like Scar- I when it was announced that Scarlett Johansson was going to play the role of the major, and um, she would, I thought that okay, you know, she like you know, I've seen her in, it's like it's like in in the Avengers as a Black Widow, and I know she can po- do like a great ba- badass ass kicker, so so she can like she can probably she can probably get the major's on force of will down pretty well, which she did, even if like you know, I kind of felt there. were a lot of parts where like the major felt a lot more vulnerable than um, than I was expecting from, from like from the character to the point where like you know it's like yeah the, the, my version of the major is someone who she would be more she, she uh, in she she's more who she, she is like a take charge kick ass person in the like the anime and the manga but all who is only who is whose doubts only stem from what she uh, doesn't know and can't can't control like not um, the uh, questions of identity that uh, well okay I guess there are some questions, she just has some questions of the identity like in the original film but at the same time she never got to the point where I like she felt as weak as Johansson does here but I'm getting getting um, away from my, my original point like the fact like aside from like the fact that I think that I thought Johansson could do the role, which she did well enough here. But also the fact that you know the fact that we're getting an A-lister paying attention, like and in, sorry involved in this thing means that this is not going to be just like a cheap like cut and run adaptation. This is probably something that's actually gonna have some real resources invested invest in it. And also when it was announced they were they're casting um, Takeshi Kitano as uh, as Aramaki, the fact that they were getting this like Japanese um like like character actors, the director, like someone who like, I've Really like who I've admired for years, and he's they're not only going to put me in this role, but he was going to he he doesn't speak English at all in this film. All of his dialogue is subtitled, so yeah. it's like so that was so. I mean, the fact that they were willing to like you know, say say hey, yeah, we want you to be in this film, and we're gonna not even gonna have to make you speak English in order to do it, in order to make that happen. So that so yeah, I thought that was that was kind of cool, but you well. Know, like I said, if like the uh, the whole whitewashing controversy has does kind of t- did kind of drown drown out the like drown out the the film's buzz, but also I think the uh, the justifiably weak reviews also had their own say in that as well. Still, I will admit that the way they um, worked uh, Motoko Kusanagi into the film was actually pretty clever, since it basically does um this is actually a tacit acknowledgement of like the whitewashing of the character within the text of the film itself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're looking for um, a good, you know, a good uh, live action uh, interpretation of it, I would say that that's not what this is, though. So um, unfortunately, you know, I'm like, okay, is this worth seeing in the theater? Well, we did it for you, <laughs> so yeah. I, I would say, you know, at this point, uh, if you're you're just morbidly curious and you must see it, um, I'd wait until it comes out on video. If you know, just hold off. It's not something that I think you want to be disappointed with right now. You can do disappointed when it comes out on video. Yeah, <laughs> or, or or if you like it, then yeah. But I don't think that there's a lot of redeeming value. And yeah, um, sadly to say, the Robocop analogy still fits fairly freaking well on this one. Um, True. It's uh, a, a scarily, so the more I think about
1: it. so Yeah. Um, and, sorry, and so basically, if you want like the real Ghost in the Shell experience... Go watch either the original anime movie or um, the TV series standalone complex, either se- either season. Indeed. Yeah, because like some history for you, ba- way back in the dark ages of nineteen ninety seven, I finally got got around to seeing um the film the film, and it blew my mind. I think I've seen this film, the original anime movie, more times than any other film film since, and. I, it's like, cause it, like I said, it's, it, it had style, it had substance. And even though that, some of that substance was just like obscure enough to make me just want to keep watching it over and over again, just say, what does this, what does this all mean? It's like, it's, it's like, it's still a, a, uh, brilliant, um, like reputation that, like, for me at the time like someone who had like, kind of grown up on watching, like, you know, like, like Disney stuff, like in terms of animation for all these years and was yearning for something like, you know, so, some, some more mature take on animation. This is like exactly the thing I was, the thing I was looking for. And yeah, you know, like coming in my teenage, my late teen, late teen years, like it was like, you know, the right thing at the right time. It's like, and even though I will acknowledge that the original film, which like basically um Chronicles, like most of the same ground as the, uh, it's like, as the uh, new live action film, it's like, it's, like it has its ponderous moments, where it's like where like a lot of characters do just like go go on di- um dialogues about um it's like about the nature of um lot nature of man and what what is human life and um and the core of the film is basically about the hunt for the uh, the puppet master a um a uh, world class hacker who it's eventually revealed is actually an AI that developed that was like that I'm developed after while it's like while working in the sea of an, in, like in the internet, and eventually, it's like his like his attempts to try and uh, like like achieve sanctuary basically to um like fatal consequences for 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 Major Kusanagi and the rest rest of of Section Nine. So it's it's a good film. It there it does require a lot certain amount of patience in order to get through the philosophizing that it's done, and it also I think it for fans of um its director Mamoru Oshii, it's kind of the tipping point for when his style. Basically, went from you know fairly accessible to um, very specific to specific to self indulgent because you know like the the sequel um, Innocence, um, not a bad sequel, but it's it's a it's a it's a uh, its main achievement is being something that manages to um, being a film managed to test your patience to the ultimate limit before offering up some really cool scene to reward said patience for sticking with it's. Um, It's philosophizing and rambling. It's like and also the less said about um his most recent anime film, The Skycrawlers, the better. Because that um my buddy my buddy David and I tried watching that one day and um it turned into a a Mr. Science Theater Fest later on. Um for what I believe the best extension of his of his directorial style, go check out um it's like um Pat Labor two and also the original Pat Labor as well. If you want his absolute best film, you have to go Go way out into the otaku boondocks for um, Uesai Yatsura Two, um, Beautiful Dreamer. So that so that digression aside, while I like the original anime film standalone complex, both seasons are probably the best extension of the uh, of the anime of the Ghost in the Shelf concept that I've that I've seen. Because not only does it it's a um, all this it work is both a great pr- police procedural showing you like you know like like what like their idea of like um, like the writer's idea of future crime. It's like, and also future crime as addressed by this um badass team of uh, like elite criminal operatives. But also throughout both seasons are exceptionally well planned stories. It's it's like basically the um the first season, which involves a, um, a master hacker known as the uh, the Laughing Man, and um section and Section Nine's attempts to try and bring him down, only to realize that he's actually working to bring down a uh, larger conspiracy within it's like like within the, within the cyber pharmaceutical business as well and the the um, surprisingly even better second season um, cho- um details a, a it's like a an attempt it's like a attempt to um, destable, destabilize the government of Japan from with from within it's like and also um um offers some of the series almost emotional and evolving character moments as well because you know, it's like well, character development has never been a uh, strong thing within the uh, Ghost in the Shell framework. Um, the TV series, you know, throughout both seasons, does a great job of um bringing more um life and depth to its to its cast. Well, mainly because like they had enough, they had plenty of room to do so. But um, ultimately, it shows that you know the characters are a lot have a lot more depth to them than than their um most famous. I guess um mo- most the more ex- most accessible no not, not so most um famous no it's like it's ultimately uh stand mm-hmm. both scenes of the standalone complex reference Ghost in the shell at its most accessible I'll admit I haven't seen um, any of arise, so I could be wrong there, but oh we'll see john uh any thoughts on uh like on the uh, original film or standalone complex
0: um I agree with you on innocence, obviously. Um, and the original film, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, just go see it. It's, it's great. Um, and I'm gonna concur with all, all of the other recommendations for his other works that you made, um, or not, <laughs> so, or recommendations. Well, for, for, against. for, Oshie, for
1: Oshie's other films, because like yeah. he's, like, he, he's he's most he's best known for Ghost in the Shell, but um, everything he did prior to that um, is we rec- we recommend um, without reservation. Absolutely, especially Pat Labor. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, ha- yeah, I, I, s- I support all those. And um, I think that, um, yeah, you should go see them. And that, and the television series is excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, you know, <laughs> I wish anime was like this. Um, yeah, I really do. I don't think it. I don't think that. I don't think that you 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 have that as much anymore. I mean, um, it's been so taken over from the you know from the uh, uh, how shall we say it the the cutesy and uh, uh, you know and then and then what I call kind of the pseudo horror stuff that's just like you know. Um, but, yeah, if you want to watch good police procedural type of, uh, um, you know, set in this uh, universe, yeah, go for, uh, go for the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex series. Absolutely. And, yeah, I, I have no opinion on Arise either, so I, I, I don't know.
1: So I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get around to watching that eventually, but, but yeah. for now, we've got, we've got no opinion on it. But, you know, it's like this is a comics podcast. So it's kind of like you know why uh so like why has it taking taking us so long to get to the original um uh, manga in fact, in fact for all the uh like for the sites, I, sites I visit from the mass me- mass media that i've that i consume, there has been very little talk of the original um like ghost in the Shell manga that spawned the whole thing now of course that's because the uh, the original movie is kind of was was an insanely successful at its time, and like you know, did manage to pierce the mainstream. So that's the one that everyone like associates with. But you know, like the way these things work, it's like always like you know the but the original is always better. Like if you're like sure, like um, a lot of like um, like TV series are spawned from manga, TV series and movies. It's like but always the, the common refrain is always the manga is better, the original material. Source material is better. No, no, it is not. In fact, when it comes to that thing, that way thinking, I believe that Ghost in the Shell is the exception that proves the rule. It's like when it, now there are several um anime that I believe that are su- definitely superior to their um print incarnations: Azumanga dio Angelic Layer, planetus But more than anything else, it's Ghost in the Shell. Now, i think part of that could be i will admit it could be down to the fact that I saw the ghost in the shell movie before I read the manga now the thing is it's like way back in the way back in the day um you know i i had seen the movie loved it, and you know i i knew that there was like a manga based on it, and you know, eventually it's like there were there was like this big thick collected edition twenty five bucks i mean like for like these three hundred pages and you know like that was a That was a big, big freaking deal for me back in the day. And so when I saw it at my local comic shop, I thought, you know, know, I've got, like, just enough money to get this thing. So I'm going to go, I got to do this. Just because, like, you know, I love the film, and I'm going to read the manga, and I'm going to, like, see how much better this is. I was so disappointed. First of all, what Oshi did with um, Ghost, Ghost in the Shell, it is it is really an, an, an incredible adaptation because he, because the thing is he did um like take specific parts of the, uh, of the series for the move, for, for the movie. It's like, and so it's, so in terms of just like, you know, scaling down all, like there's a, there's a lot of sprawl in the series. I mean, it's not really even one ongoing story. It's several different stories about um, made, about major and uh, the rest of section nine fighting like different different taking on different future crime future crime cases. What um, Oshi did was just take all the Puppet Master stuff and put it into put it into one movie. And more than that, though, he um, it's like he took he um, skewed um, Shiro's um, very distinctive style um, to, to for a more realistic for a more realistic look. That um changed the tone of it of the series as well because here's the thing um Shiro like he like he, so he's got a, he's got this very distinctive style it's like if you've like um it's like if like he's always he's also in the Shell he's given this appleseed Dominion Black Magic and um probably character designs for a lot of other stuff as well but he's got one of the most recognizable styles because like out out there because like everyone like look like like saw it, saw it back in the day and loved to copy it. It's worth noting that um Joe Madareira, back when he was doing um Uncanny X-Men, way back in the day, um gave Rogue um the major's hairstyle it's like um during the age of apocalypse arc. So it's it's a minor thing, but it's also one of those things that shows you just, you know, this is how this is how kind of how influent, influential he was. Um Adam Warren also um was went through his own like you know, I gotta be like Shiro um, stage during i think like during like third and fourth volumes of it's like of the of his dirty pair series as well so but um the thing is he's also got a says, well as well sure Shira, has got this like it's also one that's very irreverent can also shift into super deformed like um wackiness and like has has a fair amount of humor as well that's all present in the original ghost in the Shell. And um, for someone who came into it expecting, um, you know, hey, something like the movie, wow, this was just kind of like a a huge um, shock to the system for me. But um, more than anything else, the the biggest problem I had is that it's like the series is incredibly plot driven to the point where, you know, it's like there are characters. There are recognizable characters in here, and a lot of the uh, like established ticks of the characters have been um like um filtered out, th- filtered through the um the Ghost in the Shell and subsequent adaptations. But um, it's it's very much like um Shiro advancing his his thoughts on like um like on on society, society and technology. It's like um rather than it's like as opposed like as opposed to like you know mixing um force, advancing them through the characters. Because the characters are just kind of like there to um, like advance the story rather than just you know have the story um like you know, go th- go through them, it's you know it's like, like I said I was thoroughly disappointed upon reading um reading it initially, and um it's like and but I mean even then it's like I have to admit like the stories like you know like aren't aren't bad and it's and it's also worth noting well okay yeah I guess. Like Try to cheap equivocation to say they're not bad, you know. Like they, like I said, like Shiro does have like um points he wants to advance. It's like and like the stories themselves are like decent, are dec- decently constructed. But um at the same time, you know, it's, it's also worth noting that um when Oshi came back to um do Ghost on the Shell two, he went and um took on another aspect from the uh, like from this original series um ghost dubbing, basically the idea of um like taking a Take, taking like an original human, original human psyche, and then overriding a, uh, it's like a new, like a new personality, like new new personality on it. So, so it's and I mentioned this because well, you know like Shiro spent a long fucking time working on um the sequel series Ghost in the Shell Two Man Machine Interface. Oh god, oh god, where we get? Because Ghost in the Shell Two, okay, I. Is you know, you know, a lot of people give um sci-fi like stuff shit when they talk when they talk about say hey, it's more concerned with the tech than the humans. It's like you know, it's like when it's like, ultimately it all boils down to like you know people like caring about the humanity and all. It's like and like the human stories that that science fiction is told because it's all basically all when it boils down to it, it's all allegory in the end. Well, yeah, that's that's certainly true, but. At the same time, though, um, that's th- it's also used as like a cheap, um, a cop out when people like don't want to really invest like invest in this stuff. I think that if the uh, if the ideas are cool are cool enough, that gets me a long way to um, you know accepting um, cardboard characters and as well. Then you have something like Ghost in the Shell Two, which is like the poster child for this thing. Like when people when people bust this thing, that kind of that kind of talk out. Ghost in the Shell Two is exactly the story they're talking about. It is goddamn fucking impenetrable because it's just Shiro just going on about you know about his his thoughts on like artificial intelligence, life, existence, like without any characters, any interesting story to begin with. Um, I it uh, and reading I now I want to say I have the I. I got this through the single issues because I have a friend of mine who has these. And I borrowed this from him like for like back in the day and then to reread again for this podcast. It starts off with Shiro apologizing to the fact that, you know, he wanted to go off in a different direction, like from the end, end of the original ghost in the shell. And so he apologizes for this being not being a direct continuation. And so basically from the start, you've got, um, it's like, you've got him. You have no emotional connection, no no connection to the characters. Like even though this is like supposed to be um, the um, Motoko Kusanagi who bonded with the Puppet Master at the end of the original series, now going by the name um, Motoko Aramaki, and I'm um, working for working as a troubleshooter for uh, for this um, conglomerate. I'm um, known as Poseidon, and um, it's like even then, like it's just tech- straight up techno babble from the from the start um, into a plot that. that that involves um, like a f- philosophical track that reads like it was written for aliens. It's like like um, pigs that were enhanced to um, like um, human cyberbrain status. It's like um, like seers who can see, like um, spirit readers who can see into your soul. Just lots of specific like um, like tech, tech, um, techno shit that's just like unable. It is unable. I'm unable to care about anything. In this series, because the characters there are no characters, there are just like cipher cyp- stand-ins for Shiro's um for Shiro's proselytizing. It's like it's just and the uh, dialogue is just like like yeah 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 just like random random dry text. I mean, like even though it's got um, Frederick Shot and Torrin Smith working on localization, it's just like dry as fuck through 95 90, percent of it. And um, but also um. I mean, half the series. It, wow. Okay. The only thing I liked about the series, the one thing it, that, and specifically, the fact that this is the uh, the single issues that this came in, was that um, it was seeing the muted uh, response to this. Was some people were, were um, it's like were uh, impressed by it. Some people were like comf- like more confused than I was. Others completely bought into on um, what Shira was selling here. But the most interesting thing like in the back matter for these issues was one, was from the second issue where the uh editor of the series chris warner i believe gave a long like three page um explanation of why the series had taken um almost 10 years to complete well that basically boils down to the fact that this is a series where shiro discovered um cg manipulation and worked it into his art while the original run of the series was done um in pencil and paint for certain parts of the series, um, once he discovered, um, CG manipulation, well, then Shiro apparently wanted to go and try and redo the entire fucking series on his own, and apparently when the series, um, came out originally back, back in 2001, they found that, um, Shiro had gone and retouched like over 150 pages of the original artwork with, um, his, with the, with CG, um, with the CG work, and, um, you know, it's like looking back on this. Yeah, it is like his CG stuff is pretty impressive, and um, it's also kind of the like first about the tipping point where um, he he's going from pure fan service, and he's getting ready to for for the fact he spent like he spent the last decade doing nothing but porn. I mean, there are so many crotch shots. It's like with, with um, I mean, not even just like you know like. Quick panty glimpses, like you get in the original series, which are just kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, it's the territory. It's sane in manga. It's like you gotta throw in the panty flashes just to keep the guys in interested in these long, long things. No, it's like you get all these like um, crotch shots, like, like all over, like all all throughout the uh, of the series. And at one point, like she even mentions that, you know, hey, it's like she's a cyborg, so she shouldn't even have to wear panties. <laughs> Let's just say she doesn't doesn't it have does it. Out of habit. Yeah. Okay. That's that's great, man. I love hear love hearing that. Now, it's like I, I, I now I can only imagine that the reaction to this series, it's I um is basically what like, convinced him to like you know just do nothing but porn for the last decade, which well really is like all these all like his major published stuff has been really and um all, but also um putting out probably the original concept for Pandora and the Crimson Shell, which you know. If anything shows that you know, hey, if he wants to provide concepts for other people to work off of, great, because apparently that's the only that's the best way for for anyone to experience his ideas. You know, for guys like, I mean, Pandora in the Crimson Shell isn't any great shakes as as a series. I mean, it's perfectly harmless, fan service fanservi- stuff. Who like, if you like um, girls, like being the main characters for the entire entire series. And but um, it's like, but even then, um, Koshi it's like you know he he has he has enough sense to like um give make make sure the characters are developed enough that you care about them this this concept seems completely alien to Shiro and um it is it is um completely at the forefront of man machine interface so i uh, uh, so if out of anything like you know if it's like This this is this is basically this Ghost in the Shell two man machine interface is a series where Shiro fully disappeared up his own ass, and um if he, and uh, if he if he realized that you know hey it's like no one was going to like him, uh, these are the only stories he was capable of of um of completing at this point. Then it's a good thing he just he's just given us nothing but porn at this point. You know I would love to have seen another um volume of Dominion because I love. God, uh, conflict. Dominion conflict is so so good, but you know if he's if he's if this is if Ghost and Shell Two is example of this. Like you know this is where his mind is at these days. It's probably a good thing that we never that um he never delivered on his promise of more Dominion because it would just be heartbreaking. Now as a final note, um, it's I, I did get one um. One more Ghost in the Shell manga to talk about for this podcast, and that would be 1.5. I'm um, Human Error Processor. This is a this is a series of uh, comics that um he that sure did that actually act actually um as a continuation of the story from well not really the story but basically the the um the Adventures uh, of Section Nine mostly minus um Ma- uh, Major Kusanagi after the end of the original Ghost in the Shell. Basically, he was headed in a direction of of offering a far more standard sequel, before he uh, like before he got he would to go off and do um, whatever the fuck he was doing in um, Ghost in the Shell Two, so these are kind of like you know lost stories that you know it's like ha- have the team you know dealing with a uh, with a um dead with a, with a dead member it's like mem- member of the Japanese government who seems to have since who, who is friendly going able to um get up and. Got up and start walk walking them around and um you know be not dead as well so what's the deal with that it's like um also dealing with a uh it's like with with the, with the lot of with the uh serial killing of um it's like of certain people who were working in a uh, refugee camp back like back during the war it's like and also um like teaming with the major to uh to, um to uh solve a uh to uh, protect a it's like a like a scientist who has critical information to in this one case, and also get back another scientist's um, kidnapped um, zombified girlfriend as well. One point five isn't doesn't really make me um, wish for more ghosts in the Shell. Honestly, um, if you like the original series, this is probably like the best sequel you're going to get. Um, honestly, it's like it did feel. Somewhat refreshing to read this after having um, re-experienced Ghost in the Shell Two, and realize that you know, hey, like, like Shiro, like that, I can actually like, uh, give get is capable of giving like um like some like some people character, actual character, and some and personality, but um, this is all this is all just like more evidence that you know he he's just completely lost it um, since diving into the um diving right up his ass for uh, man machine interface, so. I guess like like in the end, here it's like my recommendation. My I, I I recommend like just checking out the original Ghost in Shell movie and both seasons of standalone complex. If you want the um, prime exploration of the of the concept, those are what you're going to want to do. If for some reason you feel compelled to uh, um, like see where it all began, get the original series. I, I don't think it's all that great compared to um, how um, like all the stuff that's been um, talk, how it's been talked about over over the years, and its influence on um, certain artists um, on this, si- this side of the this side of the Pacific. But um, stay the fuck away from um, the Man Machine Interface if you know what's good for you. I mean, if you if you're a hardcore Shiro um, Shiro um, like apologist, who, um, who will follow anything that he does, well, chances are you probably already own it. And you may think that I'm completely full of shit for trashing it, but you know what? Hey, you know what? Fuck you. It's like this is this uh, up until um, Kodansha yanked this from Dark Horse, I considered it um, the worst comic I've read from them. Which yeah, you know, that that, that um, title is taken by um, Gunsmith Cat's Burst. So so there you go. Now Ghost in the Shell Two is basically the worst comic I've read from Kodansha. Comics USA. All three um, Ghost in the Shell comics can be, um, along with the uh, standalone complex manga, which I didn't bother reading because, well, I've, I've seen seen the anime, so no worries there. But um, so there you go. Like I said, Ghost in the Shell, the exemplar for um, anime where the uh, adaptation is better than the original, at least as far as I'm concerned. John, um, any final thoughts from your end about all this?
0: Nope, I think you've summed it up pretty well.
1: Bitterly, I hope.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yes. And, uh, well, you all have our thoughts on the movie as well. So that's uh, the the live yeah. action that just came out. So Yeah,
1: and if you want to see it, you better rush to the theaters right now. Yeah.
0: Um, I haven't checked the numbers on that one, but... Uh, They're gonna, not good, trust yeah, me. Yeah, I, I, I'll bet you.
1: I have checked the numbers, and, yeah, run. See, <laughs> want
0: to yeah off. yeah it may be coming hey hey on the flip side if you do want to see it it'll probably be out on home video and or you know whatever you want to call it uh streaming options will probably be available a lot quicker than you think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right uh do you know what you're going to be talking about next time
1: um possibly I'm, i'll find get around to talking about um like profit um, from Image. Now that um, like I've had the fifth volume like in my to review list for a while, so it's due to um, for a solid reread to see how it all gels together. After that, though, um, well, it's like Spider-Man: The Clone Conspiracy um, is hitting hardcover, so I'm gonna, so I'm probably maybe talking about that um, in the podcast after that one. All right, and
0: we'll check you out next time on Complex by the Click. All right, later. Bye.